Here we go. We are getting into uh, our new series, which is Unwrapping Christmas. And uh, <clears throat> I'm very excited about this series, and I, I'm excited about looking at it. We're going to be looking at a little bit different angle than just looking at the traditional Christmas story. We're really going to be looking at what God gave us when he gave us Jesus. And let's just go ahead and grab your notes and let's just run with this. Because see, Christmas is about God giving to us. And together, as we go through this series, we're going to unwrap our gift. Now, we're not going to fully unwrap it, okay, folks? Because all of us for the rest of our lives, as we're growing in Christ, there are pieces of who he is that are continually being revealed to us. None of us have the whole story on what Christ did for us and the depth of it. It's something we are growing in that the Holy Spirit is continuing to reveal to the body of Christ. But we're going to go through here and we're going to unwrap the big chunks of what this is about. Now, of course, this is the holiday season. We had Black Friday just not too long ago. And then we had Cyber Monday earlier this week and all of this gift giving and there are stores having black friday number two that's supposed to have happened this past friday i'm telling you all this gift giving thing is just rolling along and and uh, of course my my kids we've got five children and they love christmas i mean who doesn't i loved christmas as a kid you know is that finally i have this opportunity um to ask my dad for something and he doesn't say would well, do you have a job you know, it's, they're going to give it. It's just That's just part of it. They want the list. You know, me and my wife are asking the kids, what do you want? Give us the list. We need the list of stuff. And it's just an exciting time. And all over, all over the place where Christmas is celebrated, there's this, there's this dynamic that's going to be played out. Okay, there's just this scene that's going to be played out. And it starts out with mom rolling into the house and having a, a mysterious bag in her hand. And a little kid comes up and says, Mama, what, what you got in your bag? Shh. Don't, don't be asking me that kind of stuff. Don't you know it's Christmas? This is none of your business right now. Whoa, at that point, boy, that's just like catnip, man. It's just on for that kid. Like, ooh, that is so awesome. And then the, they know the gifts are being bought. They're, they're coming in. I loved it because yesterday, Lyndon turns around look, to get into the back of the Suburban to find something in Brooklyn. Said, stop it. Do not open anything. She's like, why? It's Christmas. You don't want to ruin it. And uh, they just know this stuff is happening. Well, so the scene takes place, and then the, the gift gets wrapped, and it, gets, it finds its way under the tree, and it's not Christmas yet. And the kid goes and, and grabs the gift. I know you all used to do it. You get it, and you give it the shake. Right? And you start with that. I tell you what, but that's like trying to eat one cookie. You can't do it. You're not going to give it one shake and walk away. You're going to come back, and you're going to give it another shake. And then you're going to kind of hold it up. And then you're going to do like I did when I was a kid, and you're going to start peeking at the paper. And see if you can figure out what's in there. Now, I always, I tried that one time because my parents said, you ever figure out what we got you? We're going to take it back. I believed him. And so I, was like, I played with that one year, and that was it. And uh, so then they start peeking, and then they maybe peel it back, and they have the tape, and they're ready to go, and Mama's on her way. And they're looking. Mama's in the other room, and it's just a brown box, just a plain brown box. Like, ah, close it up. Can't figure out what's in there. They dare not take all the wrapping off. 
Because who knows what kind of codes or little marks or whatnot mom puts on there. Make sure it's the same wrapping paper on there. So they go back. And then the scene comes where finally it's Christmas morning. Yes. And somehow kids, it, they can't get out of bed for school. They, they can't hear alarm clocks. They can't hear mom and dad kicking the bed saying, get up. And you go in there. I never knew you woke me up. I never knew it. But Christmas morning, they're up, they're out of bed. They run in there, grab that gift that's under the tree that they've been picking at. They peel it off. There's the brown box, plain brown box. Rip into the box. And there they look in the box. And there it is. Socks. Why do we as parents do that to children? Why do we give them socks and underwear? And they're like, what is the deal with this? It's so disappointing. There's all the buildup. And it's seriously, yeah, I'm going to wear them. Yeah, I need socks. But I want to use them. But seriously, socks? Grandma, what is up with you? I gave you a list. Socks were not on the list. But then there's another dynamic where the same scene happens. And they go in there and they tear into the box and they get it open. And there it is. It's the thing that they were asking for. It's the exact thing that they wanted. One of the things, and it's, uh, um, y'all seen the Christmas story? Shoot your eye out, BB gun thing. And um, now my parents never told me I was going to shoot my eye out or anything like that. But I, I remember wanting a BB gun. I asked for a Daisy. It was not a Red Rider. I did not get a Red Rider BB gun. But I did get a little Daisy BB gun, a little cop BB gun. And, uh, and then they, there was this, and I, was, I shook the presents. And I figured out what it was. It was long as a BB gun. It moved around. The little tip moved around too much. The other end didn't move around. I, I knew that that was it. And then there was this brick, this thing. And I'm telling you, it was like somebody wrapped a gold bar. Which at that point in my life, I wouldn't have been very happy if they gave me a gold bar. I did, wasn't wise enough to understand that. But that sucker was heavy. I was like, man, what on earth? So I finally figured out, that's a bunch of BBs. That is a lot of BBs. I'm going to have a lot of fun. And then finally that, that Christmas morning came, and I got to tear into it. And yes, I got my BB gun, and I got my BBs. And it was awesome. It was a wonderful, wonderful Christmas time because when it finally was revealed it wasn't something I merely needed it was something I dearly wanted see when, when we look at Jesus do we see God giving us something that we needed or do we see God giving us the ultimate gift ever if we were to sit there and go you know what God you're going to give me, I, I can come before you and I can ask for anything. Would it be, I want Jesus. I want everything that comes with Jesus. Or would it be something that we're not going to be able to drag into a six foot deep hole with us when it's all said and done? We had to be able to stand before God. See, when, what, what we see, when we think of that manger, what we see God giving to us, whether it was something we simply needed or the ultimate, man, we have, we have to figure that out. 
See, we kind of have a we kind of have heaven's picture given to us in 1 Peter 1, 12. It says, even the angels long to look into these things. See, the angels knew something was up. The angels have known all along from the very beginning when the fall of man took place that humanity has had a special relationship in all of creation than even the angels did. And they think they wished they could look into and understand. They had been wanting that all along. And there are still pieces of this they don't get to look into and understand. We have a special relationship with God that not even the angels in heaven do. And see, when they would have been wanting to know what the gift was, they knew God was preparing something for humanity. And here in Luke 2, 13 and 14, the angels get in on it. And they figure it out and they begin to share it. Now here we see them. It says, And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the one angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now we don't use that word favor a whole lot in our natural language unless they say, Will you do me a favor or something like that. But that favor, I mean... God's special blessing on your life. The angels are just rejoicing. Now you have to get this in picture, okay? These are just a couple of shepherds out in the middle of nowhere, okay? And all of a sudden the angel, the shepherds have been revealed on it. They have had, God had sent the one angel as a messenger to tell them, this is what's going down in Bethlehem. I want y'all to be witnesses to it. Go down there. You're going to find the baby wrapped in these cloths and laying in a manger. Yeah, whatever. What mom is going to put their brand new baby in a feed trough? That makes no sense. Okay, whatever. We're going to go check this out. Angel told us. Well, these are the only people on the face of the planet other than Mary and Joseph that knows what's going on. The angels finally get in on it. And what do they do? A multitude of them, boom, show up and have a party with these handful of guys. They just were so excited about what God was doing for humanity. It was absolutely amazing. They could not contain themselves. The, the present had been revealed, and it was exactly what humanity had needed. It was the ultimate gift ever, and they could not contain their joy. The angels in heaven burst open and have a party out in the middle of a field with a couple of shepherds because they could not contain their joy. That kind of joy, that kind of of understanding what the gift was about. It was reminded of me of last year with uh, last Christmas with my youngest son, Carson. He was six at the time. And uh, we were having our, our family Christmas. <coughs> and um, I haven't always been the best gift giver to my wife. And uh, anyways, we had, uh, this last Christmas, I, I really wanted to make sure I, I got her a, a good gift. And so... Um, it had been, a, we'd launched the church, it had been a, uh, a hard year, it was a great year, but a, a tough year, and I wanted to give her a good gift. Well, she'd gone to a jewelry store here and had picked out a, a ring that she really liked. And I went and looked at it one time, actually, I don't even know that I went and looked at it with you. And I, she just told me about it. And so she described it really well. She did not leave it like it was just any kind of old ring. She described it really well. And I acted like I was just like, yeah, okay. And she just really thought nothing about 
this ring again. And uh, it was hilarious. I go into the store and I go in to des- describe um, this ring. And they said, well, what's your wife's name? I said, uh, Krista Clark. Well, here it is. It has her name on it. Like, seriously? That woman put her name on this ring? Seriously? And come and find out, no, my wife did not. The sales lady did it. The sales lady put my wife's name on this ring. It wasn't my wife. And I go in, and sure enough, it was the, it was the exact right deal. We took care of it. We're having the Christmas moment that together, and we're doing our family Christmas. And I, I go over, and, and I, I give it to Cutie, and she opened it. She just totally floored. She did not think she was getting the ring. I totally got her. It was a wonderful moment. And I look over at Carson, and he's just crying. And he's just crying. Like Carson, he goes, it's just so beautiful. Get it together, boy. Do some push-ups, something. But it was so sweet because he totally enjoyed what his mama was receiving. He understood the meaning of the gift, not only to the giver, but to the receiver. The angels could not contain themselves because they understood the meaning of the gift, not only to God, but also what it was going to mean to humanity. And they rejoiced. Our response to this time of the season should be totally filled with joy. God, you did? You really gave us your son? Seriously? With all that that entails? See, we see Mary in Luke chapter 2 says, But Mary treasured up all these things, and she pondered them in her heart. Here she is treasuring all this. She gave birth in a barn. I guarantee you she had to be going, God, seriously, an angel came and talked to me. I am pregnant and a virgin. This is totally you. And I'm giving birth in a barn? Seriously? But somehow the magnitude of it was so much bigger, she... she, treasured it anyways she treasured she saw the magnitude she saw through the inconveniences she saw through the difficulties and treasured what god had done in her life then we see in matthew 2 10 with the wise men and when they saw the star they had stalled out they got to jerusalem and then they see the star again and when they saw the star They were overjoyed. Why? Because it was carrying them to Jesus. It was carrying them. They understood the magnitude of it. So how you and I, how we answer this reason for the season or the why did God do it question, that reveals where we are on this timeline. Is it, did God give us something I simply needed? Thanks God for Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to use that at some point. Thanks that, you know, that, that works. It wasn't necessarily on my wish list, but, you know, was that socks? Or was it BB gun? Was it, was it all I'd ever wanted? Now, how we, we're going to look at a, at a statement that Jesus said, and we're going to leave the first part of it out. We're going to leave left this blank, and you're, you're that, guess what? This is a blank you're not supposed to fill in, and it, I know it's going to bother some of y'all long-term celebration people, but this is just the blank on purpose. And um, and it says, and Jesus said blank, because that is why I was sent. Why? Why was he sent? Why did the baby 
come all those years ago, why did heaven release its best to us? Why? Now, the most, um, the most common response might would be that, uh, you know, that, well, you know, it's, it was so that, we can, so that we can have entrance into heaven. And we're not going to downplay Christ as a Savior at all. In fact, next week we're going to look at what that means, Him being a Savior. But it is so much more, because so many times people think that God, Jesus came so we could have the minimal requirements for entrance into heaven. And that is not why Jesus came. Jesus came for so much more than that. So many people think that maybe it was the, that, you know, that have this picture of when we finally cross over this thing called death. And we have to stand before God, that we're going to go up to the pearly gates, and we're going to knock on it. And then there's going to be this little porthole thing. You know, like the Wizard of Oz, you've got the little gatekeeper there. He sticks his head out. And it's St. Peter. And he's going to ask you the questions. You know? And then, okay, why should we let you in? And that Jesus came so that he could give us the, slip us the right answer. Tell him you're with me. And uh, we're, we're all good. That's why Jesus came. So that when we get to that point, then we can cross that threshold. That it's all about that mark. And you know what? That is an in complete truth yes we only heaven is only found in christ absolutely but if that is all we see you know what that feels like if it's only about having the passcode to cross heaven's gates that feels like socks it feels like socks it's like something we just need it doesn't feel like the most ultimate thing that heaven could release to humanity see jesus answered this question in mark i mean luke chapter four and he said but he said i must preach the good news of the kingdom of god to the other towns also because that is why i was sent see there was a new kingdom coming jesus came in to bring in an entirely new kingdom an entire new way of doing things see john 10 10 says i've come that they might have a life and have it to the full see the first way of looking at it is so focused on death it's so focused on crossing that death place and yes bless god god jesus gives us eternal life to the point that the death has no hold on us that we're alive, when we accept Christ, we're alive in Christ now as we will ever be. We are new creations. It's about life that he came to give us life. See, there is a new kingdom and a new way of doing things. And when Jesus came, we weren't given the answer to cross heaven's gates. We were given a king. He, God sent us. A king. See, Matthew 2 says, and, and Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod. Magi from the east, or wise men, or kings from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him this baby is born the king at that point is disturbed and these 
other kings have made this journey. Why? To see a king. There were babies born in that place all the time. It didn't disturb Herod. What disturbed Herod? It's because there was a king. There was another king coming. Now, see, I've provided a lot of references for you. You say, well, you know, are you overplaying this whole king thing? No, it's all about the new kingdom. Mark 1.15 says, time has come. He had said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. In Mark 4, he said, and also... This is what the kingdom of God is like and begins to describe the kingdom of God. In Mark 9, he said to them, I tell you the truth. Some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. And I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it there in Mark chapter 10. And they just keep going. Jesus was bringing a kingdom with him. There was an overthrow that was going to take place. He had the message of a new kingdom, which caused all sorts of political stirrings. <coughs> it caused all sorts of political issues there in his time. And a lot of his followers, a lot of his followers, <coughs> pardon me, thought that Jesus was going to come and set up a kingdom right then and there. When he began to talk about a new kingdom, these Jews, these, these patriots of the nation of Israel, they saw Rome coming down. They were being, they were being oppressed. They were, they were occupied by this European nation. And they're like, this is not right. We have a promise that God is going to set us free. And they were looking for that. So all of, all of them were looking for Caesar to be overthrown. But every time something comes up with Caesar, Jesus acts like Caesar's not a big deal. They confront Jesus about paying taxes to Caesar. And he's like, give me the denarius whose, whose image is on it. Because none of them wanted to pay taxes. They're like, well, Caesar's is. Well, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Okay, this is easy. Finally, there's this point in the scripture where they wanted, he had just done a mighty miracle, and they wanted to, the Bible says they came to take him and make him king forcibly. They were just going to take him, start the revolt, here's our king. And at that point, Jesus slips away from them. He would not allow them to do that. Now, why? Why would he do that? If everybody is having, dealing with Caesar, we're going to get rid of Caesar, we're going to get rid of Rome, and Jesus is doing this... It, it's one of two reasons. Either Jesus' vision, his plan, was either smaller than Caesar, and so he wasn't going to take Caesar on. Okay, I'm not going to take Caesar on. My, what I plan to do is smaller than that. That's a big deal. I'm not going to do that. Or his plan was bigger than Caesar. His plan was bigger than Rome. It was more than maybe what his contemporaries could wrap their minds around see jesus came and there is this battle and jesus did come to set up a new kingdom but where he came to be enthroned was not on an earthly throne like they were thinking see he came to be yours and mine our king see we each have a throne in our lives and god sent us a loving king to graciously rule there instead of our own self-interest 
I got a little, little couple little props here. Don't worry. I'm, I'm not going to try to hula hoop for you. I can't do it. I'm unskilled in it. But uh, we got this hula hoop, this nice little, it's going to represent uh, our, my life, our boundaries here. And this is everything that's in there. And then over here, you know, I've got my, got my kids in here and, and I've got my money in the, the bank over here and, and I've got my, my time and my day and all my stuff that's in, that's in my little kingdom. And then right here in the middle, right here in the middle of my kingdom, got myself a nice big, nice big throne. Okay. And somebody's going to rule. Somebody's going to rule on this throne. And, uh, most of us decide that it's going to be us. Why? Because it's our kingdom. No one's going to tell me what to do. This is my place, especially as Americans. Man, this is mine. I'm in charge. This is my king. You can do what you want to in your kingdom. But you cross into these borders, and you're going to deal with the king. You're going to face the king. I am the one that's in charge. Now, somebody's going to sit here. Somebody's going to sit in this throne. And the tension that Jesus brought as being a king wasn't challenging Caesar's throne. He was challenging your throne. He's challenging yours. He's saying, you know what? I love you so much. I'm willing to come. And here in church, we talk about letting God reign in our lives. That's not something we, you hear outside of the church area. We hear him talking about him being king of kings. And you know what? It's so easier for us to think that he's a king even above these kings over here. You know what? He's a king of kings. We graciously can yield that place of authority in our lives and say, God, you know what? I've tried to rule here. I've tried to make some decisions here. I've tried to be the one in charge here. And I've not done a very good job. Uh, my foreign policy with my wife and her little kingdom, it's not working too good sometimes. My uh, domestic policy with myself, my thoughts aren't always clear and straight and, and I have some issues here. You know, I'm at war with every other little nation I come in contact with, every other little kingdom. I'm taxed beyond belief by myself. I need a new king. And seeing it's one thing to embrace Jesus, baby Jesus. But we have to remember that baby Jesus didn't stay a baby. You know, now maybe old Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights had an easier time praying to baby Jesus. But, uh, but you know what? That baby Jesus was a king. And that baby Jesus is asking for the throne in our lives. See, the problem, that, see, he's called the Prince of Peace. The angel said, peace and good will towards men. God's favor is on you. Peace really comes within the boundaries when the King of Peace sits on the throne. And you know what's the problem why there's so much unrest in the world? It all comes down to us trying to sit on our own thrones. James 3 Verse 16 says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition or self-seeking, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Where you have envy 
and self-seeking, when those things show up, you're going to have things will be out of whack and every evil practice is going to show up. Whenever I sit here and I get on my little throne and I'm going to seek after myself and I'm going to be, my God, I can't believe Dave. I can't believe Dave's kingdom has that. Why can't my kingdom have that? I'm going to get that from Dave's kingdom. I wish my kingdom was more like Dave's kingdom. All this envy, this self-seeking, all this mess comes in there. James goes on to say in chapter 4, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? See, Jesus came to set up a new kingdom in our lives. And we can have the prince of peace rule in our own lives. See, I love that God is love. And 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. See, we can, in our lives... See, say, thank you, God. You gave me the ultimate. You gave me your son to be able to be my king. And I can give my throne to you and really have peace in my life. Why? Because you're love. Because you're not operating out of self-seeking. God doesn't want the throne because it's a, of a power struggle and a power hunger. It's because he loves us and he's the only one suited to sit here. It's a place of love. It's a place of love that heaven gave its king so we could have the king we needed. What an incredible gift. This holiday season, this holiday season, when we see those manger scenes, I wish we just go and put little crowns on him. Every little manger scene we have, and just stick a little crown on baby Jesus. Why? Because unto us a king, a king was born see as we grow in knowing god better we should trust our king to rule our own kingdoms even more see when god gave us jesus he really did give us everything this morning as we're getting into the holiday season and we're going to be looking at this uh, the the angels declared who he was we're going to be looking at his titles all through this series. But I want to encourage you this morning. In fact, let's just take a quiet moment right here. We don't have to be in a hurry. Let's just take a quiet moment. And I challenge you, all of us, to say, God, where can I let you rule more? I want you to be my king. Where can I let you rule more? I love it that the kingdom of God is like a seed, is what Jesus said. It comes in, we embrace that, and then it continues to grow. It begins to fill that area that it was planted in. It didn't come in and take up shop the whole time. It grows. And I want to encourage you to let God's kingdom grow in you. And to do that, you're going to have to release some more into him. But hopefully you've, you've learned who he is and that he's for you and that you can trust him. That he's a king you can let rule in your life. This morning with every head bowed and every eye closed.
it first begins with recognizing that we do need we do need a savior we do need a king 